Hi, welcome to Clitterly Speaking, the podcast. I'm Michelle Doherty. And I'm Emily Lane. We are BFFs dedicated to bringing you conversations between girlfriends over a bottle of wine. Oh, I am so excited about the wine part. Oh, me too. So pull up a chair, grab your glass, and let's get talking. Well, hello there, Emily. How are you today? Hello there, Michelle. I am fantastic. Oh, Thank wow. you. That's How a, are you? That's a very exuberant I know. hello. I know. Is there any any reason you feel more fantastic today than you I, did the other day? You know, or? I'm just excited about this new year. We've had some, um, you know, inspiring couple of weeks we and yeah. Um, yeah so I'm just okay I'm just feeling, feeling charged you're feeling yeah it? you want to share it with the feeling world in and the that's mode. absolutely fine yeah Wonderful. and you I am feeling pretty darn good you know um, got back um, from, from your trip from my trip to Dublin and our friend who's joining us today yes um, Nikki was with me on that trip and I I made her promise not to reveal too many of our secrets <laughs> on the show today well we only have one <laughs> bottle of wine so I don't think we'll get too into those secrets. And there's self-incrimination. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I got back from Dublin. I had a wonderful time there. And, uh, and you know, back in the swing of things, improv, friends, mm-hmm. wine tastings, women marches. I know. That march was um, incredible. You know, I was so thrilled about our Louis. experience with that. Yeah, yeah. We even, our producer was a featured I speaker. Know. Which, how cool is that, right? Oh, man. And so, of course, she did an amazing job. But then also a former guest of ours, Amy Rivera, also spoke. And so, another former and, guest, and Dana, Dana Kelly. Dana Kelly. Yeah, so I really felt very proud of our of our community here. Yeah. And I felt, felt very connected to it, which is a, yeah. a good feeling. It was a great time. And Dana Kelly did give us a shout out, she which did. was kind of cool. You mm-hmm. know, not sure that everybody, you know, heard it okay. But, uh, you know, we we screamed. We screamed <laughs> yes. loud enough so they knew it was important. So, yeah. yeah. I, I want to have an even deeper role with it next year. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you've made it. You you manifest it now. I know. You put it's it going to happen. There, it's going to happen. So, yeah, we've got Nikki Jowers, our guest today. Um, mm-hmm. We are drinking something oh, different. We are. We are um, well, you know, Nikki is very proud of her German heritage. <laughs> and so I thought, wouldn't it be fun for us to drink a wine from her country? Right. So this is a German wine today. It's white. Um, it's uh, made by Zerisen. Am I saying that correctly, Nikki? You're going to know that better than I am. That looks correct to me. Hey, yeah, look at me correct. go. Yeah. Vivi Ser, this is a 2017. Um, I, I'm looking forward to diving into this a little bit more. This one, I know that we tasted it during our tasting this past weekend, which was yeah. featured all wines from um, Germany and Austria, and it was just outstanding um but i i honestly didn't i i don't have much memory of this one from our tasting so i'm looking forward to diving back into it i remember exactly where it was on the table mm-hmm. right. Was like right in the middle right and then we had several some, bottles in right yeah and then we had several bottles to go after yeah and there were some great ones towards the end not that this wasn't great but you know yeah i did I, tell the wine merchant one time when we went and I uh, was tasting all of them, and we got to the last one, and it absolutely blew my mind. And I told them that I was very, very angry with them. <laughs> I said, why? They asked me why. And I was like, well, because I really love this wine. And look at that price point. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much more than I normally spend. And I bought it and brought it home. And 
and have bottle shame. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you're not going to have bottle shame on this or price shame anyway. It's uh, $15.99. So it's right in our sweet spot. Um, I think it's very, very high. I mean, this is a high quality wine. I'm getting um, nice minerality, both um, on the nose and on the palate. There's some oak and like some kind of green apple skin um, on this. And on the palate, I'm also getting this really interesting spice. And I'm not quite sure what that is yet. I'm, I need to take a few more tastes to really figure this out. What surprises me is it's not sweet. You know, I always mm -hmm. think about like a German wine being like a Riesling or something like that and it being a sweet wine. But this is very Mm. um, easy to drink. Mm -hmm. Well, typically the wines that a lot of times Americans drink as Rieslings here on their own are typically in Germany's actually they're put into spritzers with mineral water and yeah. diluted quite a bit. They're not uh, typically drunk that sweet. The way we do here. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. um, this is actually very typical of what you'll get if you actually go into, like, the Rhineland and actually taste a good German mm. wine. Okay. This is delicious. And it's I'm, lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely lovely. Definitely getting that green apple also on the pan. There's a nice acidity on this. It's it's The mineral strong. I can mm-hmm. get, yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. spice. Mm. Really good. I can't place what it is either. It's I know like cinnamon bark or something like that, maybe or something along that. I feel mm-hmm. like it's. I know it's yeah. Huh? Well, it's just absolutely delicious. Maybe as it warms up too, we'll, we'll get a little more of those aromatics. I typically don't like my white wines as cold as what my refrigerator temperature is, and this this I did pull it out of the refrigerator, so I think. By the end of this conversation, it's going to be perfect. <laughs> it's perfect because we've had several sips of it. Yeah, it really matter. But it is. Um, I I actually like this temperature. So, you know, whatever you can do to keep it this temperature, yeah, I'd be, ha- be, happy. be happy with me. Um, but I um, there's not a lot of smell to it. I mean, I stick my nose in this glass. Yeah, have you given it a good old swirl? I've swirled it. Maybe I thought it, it was me. I don't, I don't get a lot of nose on it, but I'm also kind of going through an allergy moment. So. Yeah, no, I I don't get a lot. I mean, there's, it's just hints. Yeah, hints. I, I mean, c- compared to other white wines, mm. and you're like, oh my god, I, full, I smell yeah. the whole it's more garden. modest. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Michelle, we're kind of aside panty. from it not having smells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a panty that doesn't have a smell. Yeah, panty's gonna be under your dirndl. <laughs> <laughs> a panty that um. From from the middle of the rack, uh, I yeah, I'm thinking just uh, nothing flashy, just kind of like a good solid pair of um, I I can like a panty that uh, yeah, a good solid pair of panty like black or white or you mm-hmm. know like you know your basic color that you can go from not have to worry if it's uh, if you happen to find yourself undressing in front of somebody. Okay, you're not going to be the, embarrassed. You're not embarrassed by it. It won't be yeah. like, oh, man, you know, um, or, you know, find it, find it at the office. Easy, breezy, everyday panties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, an everyday panty that's uh, versatile. Yeah. You know? Um, that sounds good. kind of where I am with it. Okay. Know, as, as it, you know, uh, as it opens up, it might, yeah. it might come to something else for me. But right now, just an easy, breezy one, nothing too complicated. Yeah. And, okay. Um, that's where I am. Do you have any thoughts on the panty, Nikki? Well, you know, my utilitarian panty is a black lace thong. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm feeling day. on that it. Yeah, that's a black lace thong. See, so to really—that's my day to day. Whatever your whatever your utilitarian 
utilitarian panty is is <laughs> it is what it is. is yeah. Out, yeah, I really prefer the um, the lacy box short, the, like mm. not box. What do you call them? Hipster? Uh, what are they? No. Like the boy briefs. The boy, yeah, but Super but cute. the all lace. Because yeah. I feel like I've always had a booty, and I feel like even though they show a little cheek. They make that little bit of cheek look really good. It's enticing. Yeah. Unlike yeah. some other it's like, like a little little prize yeah, at the bottom. Yeah. A little peekaboo, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, and, you know, as as a as a, a woman of advanced maternal age who's <laughs> <laughs> had a, had a few children, uh, you know, utilitarian is not necessarily I don't want a whole bunch of stuff hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's I gotta that, I gotta have some it all coverage in. in places, you know, so that it doesn't like completely freak everybody out if I get naked, you know, <laughs> when I get naked. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, again, that's too much information being shared. I mean, the that's podcast. what we do here, you but, know, uh, you know, yeah. nobody, nobody is surprised. <laughs> so you two have been friends. You said how, how long, Michelle? 20 some years? Almost 20 and a half 20 years. years. I met Nikki when Jacob, who is my middle child, and he's 20 and a half. I met him, Nikki right after he was born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I brought him to in a pumpkin seat to the salon so Nikki could do my hair. She gave Megan her first uh, a real haircut at oh the my salon, gosh. and uh, that was big memorable moments. That was a lot of fun. Um, and you, you, I mean, you travel together all the time, so <laughs> that says a lot about a friendship because it's not always easy to travel with people. No, there's and, very few people, honestly, in my friend group that I would travel for an extended trip with. You mm-hmm. know, an overnight's one thing, like to see a show or something like that. You know, but like a week of. And we've had some interesting airline experiences <laughs> yes, we have. where you really get to see that I am high maintenance okay. <laughs> and I'm okay with that because I'm the one maintaining it. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, when um, Delta Airlines sends us over to Air France and I end up in the middle seat for seven and a half hours only, from Paris. Only because you were kind enough to stay in the middle seat because of my legs and my issue. And because otherwise... <laughs> I That's was, how good of friends we are. I right. took the middle seat. She took the middle seat. <laughs> that does that is a big sacrifice there. But it was it was quite a shocker when we got and that was after they pulled me aside to random check me at the gate. Right. Oh man. I, I have global entry and everything. Yeah. And they're like, oh no. And that happened to me and Megan on our last flight home. And You've I was been like, fl- it's hell? probably this podcast. They're like, oh, she's way Uh-oh. too, uh, yeah. yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. They're Europeans. <laughs> um, and so uh, we and we were at least, we had arrived at the gate at least two hours before the flight. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's, everybody's boarding. And mm-hmm. we go and Nikki goes flying through. And they're like, oh, over here. And I'm waiting. And I have to take my shoes off. Oh, yeah. Open, you know, all the stuff up. And they checked it. And then I... And I'm sweating because I'm have to go down a few ramps, you know, another half it was mile. A long walk out half there. mile to the um to the plane. So I'm not expecting the whole plane to be full. <laughs> I come walking in, I'm go, what the fuck is this? And I said it just like that. And Nikki's looking at me with her eyes like so angry. Because I'm like literally I've been on, I'm like eight minutes ahead or whatever. <laughs> and I've already realized what we have the discovered situation. is that we just got fucked, you know? Oh. And I'm like, literally the lady in my row is like, like, oh, you have no idea. We paid for, 
like, business, class. business class and they have us here. And she's like, we had to fight with them to get a window in an aisle. Like her and her husband were separated. And she was nice, so yeah. I enjoyed her. We, we yeah, and yeah. I redecorated her bathroom with oh, her nice. while we were fine. Yeah. So, <laughs> See, there was a reason you're supposed to sit next to each other. Yeah, we talked about some kitchen choices that she's yeah. not making that are great. Yeah. Um, we did, you know, we got some things done. Yeah, yeah but it was yeah. it was a full flight. It was crowded. My feet were stepped on a few times by the uh, oh, the man. flight attendants because I was in that first aisle seat that starts the the three seats. So mm-hmm. there wasn't anybody in front of me, which allowed me to p- stretch my legs out, you know, so I didn't you know the swelling and, and pain. But I also meant that for me to watch a video or to eat with a tray, I had to pull it up from the side and hope it would flatten down over my stomach. I'm like, what would they do if there's a really large person yeah. here? Yeah. You know, it is not... It's not friendly. I wanted that mm-hmm. infant thing that the baby was. Oh, that was I never. I never seen that before. They brought out a per- portable crib, if you will, or a portable yeah. bed that they hung on the wall. They have to oh do that. You gosh. have to. They have to arrange the um, the bulkhead seats, uh-huh. and then there's these like hangers that hang there, and it's like a yeah, it's essentially like a like a like a, like a, like a bassinet type of yeah. thing, Amazing. and it hangs there, and then they can put the baby, and I'm like, oh, she's the only one that's comfortable. Amazing. Yep. We have to well, listen to her the whole flight. Uh, yeah, she she's slept, comfy. But she yeah. slept a long time. Yeah. Well, that's, that's always And helpful. then the food. Oh, I wasn't so happy. I mean, Ugh. Delta did it's, a much better job on the way over than Air France did I mean, on the it's way back. airplane food. I get it. But, like, really? Hmm. Like, our, what was that? Our, okay. The sandwich was seriously, like, two pieces of the most, I don't even know what, stale baguette you've ever seen with a piece of eggplant stuck in oh, between. yes. With, I don't even know what that sauce was. I, yeah. I mean, literally, it was, like, unedible. And I'm like... Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Like your yeah, hot towel is not you just feel better. <laughs> I mean, I never go into you know air travel thinking it's going to be a great experience. You know, see, I get spoiled now because I travel so much that the airlines that I do travel with usually are like, "Oh yes, Miss Lauer, what do you need?" You know. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and that, and I think we have to figure out the whole. Th- I mean, it was a code share, so yeah. I wonder if. You know, airlines, and you know, if any of our listeners are in the airline industry and want to correct us or uh, send us a message about it, if you have a code share, will they always take care of the people who booked through like Air France and not a Delta? Mm. You know, like I, I don't know. Um, because going, we had fine with Delta and oh, we, we were in a Delta class and we were in a Delta, a Delta plane. Um, and but it was better than you know, Air Canada the year oh. before going to. Scotland. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, <laughs> yes, I would think that uh, under the, some of the situations we've traveled under, if we were not as good friends and as, you know, get along so well, um, it probably would never have made it out of the first, uh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the first layover. <laughs> Oh. But anyway, people aren't listening to the show today to hear all about of our um, our Trauma. stuff. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, we brought Nikki on because Nikki's always um, so much fun to be around, mm-hmm. so much fun to talk to. Absolutely, has great, has great insight, has had great opinions, great opinions, has, not afraid to share them, <laughs> right. which of course is perfect for our audience and perfect for any conversation. Yeah, yeah. And um, and uh, we've uh, you've been on our list to have on the show for a long, long time. So we're glad you're available. Well, I'm today. glad to be here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, we did mention that we were at the Women's March this weekend yeah. and that Denise 
Reese, our uh, producer, was one of our the featured speakers, mm-hmm. which uh, they had did a, a great job of of balancing out the it was very the diverse women, the diversity, mm-hmm. the messages, uh, the age great uh, age range, and then I was impressed with uh, the number of young young girls that I were at know, the march. That was amazing that to me, me isn't yeah. it? I love the fact that these young these girls and young women are um, standing up, you know, exercising their voice and seeing the power of that, of having a community and banding together and, and, and feel confident and enough, um, you know, in their own shoes and skin. Like I, I, I don't think when I was that age or, you know, like a, some of these girls were in grade school, some yep, in the- high school, like, I don't think I had near the conviction or understanding of how important even just one voice is. I didn't understand that, but clearly Well, their awareness girls... is far greater. And I think that, um, you know what I think is that there's a lot of things going on politically, socially in our world that I think are very hard for people to deal with right now. Mm-hmm. And as awful as those things are, I think they are, the good side of them is they're a catalyst because, you know, I remember even like five years ago, I think we might have even had this conversation, Michelle, um, about the unaware, how unaware the generation right behind me was of what it was like for the generation in front of me. Very you know, true, so that these yeah. women, like I remember talking to women in my chair that weren't allowed to own credit cards because mm-hmm. without their husband co-signing or their father co-signing and they had better paying jobs and they had better degrees and they were better educated and they still had to have a man sign for them in the 70s, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, and I was like looking at these like these powerful, smart, amazing women thinking, wow, you had to you had to beg for a man's permission, you yeah, know, yeah. To, to own your home, to have credit, to be allowed to have your to voice. To buy a car. And it was just absurd to me, you know, mm-hmm. and I've heard those stories and I felt like there was a group of an age right behind us that had lost that awareness, that we had mm-hmm. come far enough that they had lost the struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And not that I want anybody to have to have a struggle, but the struggle's not done. And so I didn't want anyone to like sit on their heels and become complacent. Right. Because we are so far from being equal, not just as women, yeah. but as people of color and people of different, yeah. you know, whatever. And uh, and I and I didn't want anyone to have to struggle. I don't want them to have to struggle. I don't want them to go through what right. other people have gone through. But I didn't want them to lose awareness. Yeah, the, the blindness is not going to help. Exactly, you know? And mm-hmm. I feel like what's happening now is that they're they're very much aware, you know, mm-hmm. and, they, and they're and they're becoming more aware and they're educating themselves and they're talking and they're having conversations with people that have gone before them, you know, they're not just assuming that they have an answer, you know. Well, and they're also seeing, you know, organizing and protests. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think back to, you know, being in a high school, I can't recall, now I have had a bit of wine in the last, you know, 30 years, um, I can't recall seeing even on the news any kind of protest. And it was like the Million Man March. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we saw any protesting or rioting, it was always coming from like a third world country. It was, you know, it wasn't something that was talked about or or encouraged. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that was because or you know, it was the 60s. Violent, right. You know? It right. was like, oh, it was a well, You got to stay away yeah. because, you know, that someone's going to be hurt. Um, and I don't know if that was like a backlash from the 60s and all of the, all of the protesting. And then, you know, they just, they just shut up for 20 years, the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Well, in the 90s, if I, you will. 30 I definitely years. see a difference in that 
there's less risk to exercise your voice now than there was even, you know, even 10 years ago. Like, you know, if I would have 10 years ago stood up to my boss and said, that's not right how you're treating me. I would, I would have gotten fired, you know? And now there's been, because the conversation's grown and, and, um, and we're standing up. We are. Um, and there's, People rallying together, um, you know, it's the risk is decreasing to stand up, which is great. Yeah. You know? Well, and it currently, you know, that's mm-hmm. not to say that in the next year or two, if things don't, if things continue on the trajectory we're going, that that doesn't become a risk again to speak out. Well, censorship, it, let's face it, I mean, it's on the table. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, right on the table here in, here in Missouri, you know. With the library book ban, which is crazy. Well, mm-hmm. do you see the one today about the drag queens? They don't want them reading. They want to literally criminalize yeah. drag queens reading to children at a library. In a public well, setting. All, but aren't you glad that somebody's taking an interest in your child? Like, yeah. you know, like, who cares who it is? And if you don't want it to be that particular person, don't take your kid to that library. Right. How hard is that? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it is. But you want smaller government. No, well, the smaller <laughs> government is, it, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's crazy to me how, how small-minded um, people, the, how small ideas and small-mindedness of, of certain populations are coming to the forefront and are like, maybe this is the time now, I better get my my censorship right. bill in. Mm-hmm. I better get my way to to uh, you know stamp stamp down or stamp on people now because you know things could change and those crazy lefty liberal Democrats will get in and you know we'll all have free love forever kind of thing. What's well, interesting because now we know who they are. I like I like when the things come out from underneath the rocks. Mm. Now you know exactly who it is. Right. You know who they are. You know what they mean. You know, I think it's a lot scarier when some of this stuff's hidden, you know, like... Yeah, and not Because then about. it's like, you're still doing it. It doesn't not exist because you don't see it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I think, as terrifying as it is to face things like this and to read bills like that, I'd rather have them do it and have the collective of people go, no, you right. know? Right. Like, yeah. it's not okay, because otherwise, that's where, you know... It, when it hides, that's where it fosters this different energy, you know, mm-hmm. it becomes illicit and somewhat exciting to people who don't really understand, you know, like yeah. that's how things stay. Un- that's why they want to be underground is so they can pull gain power. People. Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, and there's also in the unknown that fosters fear. And you exactly. Know. What's interesting to me, you know, you had mentioned something about how people, you know, fear protesting or had, had feared it for a time. Um, you know, I felt that this March was such a beautiful, love-filled, positive thing, you know? And it really, it did a few things for me. One, it made me want to do more of it because it was such a good feeling to be out there. Mm-hmm. And it was, there were many, many times as we were walking down the street and we're all like saying the same thing and feeling the same conviction in what we're saying, that that, that collective energy surged through me and made me feel really emotional and thankful for the women, the women and and men who have done that before us. Um, so and those that showed up on Saturday the, and those, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also was interesting to me because I've heard so many stories about marches in the past and how you know the people who aren't on the same side of beliefs as the march 
get offended and they're standing out of windows holding up the middle finger at those who are marching and just stuff like that and the hate that that is getting put on it which is of course a symptom of fear and unknowing what the real message is but well even that one man that was out there on saturday and he was he was make he he was protesting the entire march and he probably shows up at every march you mm-hmm. know there's always the one that's going to stand there and, and spew bible verses god hates you and you know and abortion is this and all of that kind of yeah. stuff I mean, uh, all of those types of things you know it's yeah. like it's like what i <laughs> i wonder what is in like what makes him tick that he thinks coming and being that lone voice, standing there spewing hatred at yeah. you know, thousands of people, if that's, you know, oh, you're... Oh, yeah, how is that right? going to fix I mean, the problem, gosh, I've, right? Yeah. Yeah. How is saying God hates you going to make... make anybody eh, want to right? engage, you know, right. yeah. on any level. With conversation, with the idea, with any of it, you know, it's like, you've already told me that everything that you have to say is negative. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like you've shown me who you are. I don't have to go any further than that. You know, right. I don't even have to look at you. You know, I've yeah. I've seen enough. I have you know? I don't have to. I don't yeah. have to bring you in. Yeah. Um, and then I think there was somebody else towards the end of there the was. arch that, or mm-hmm. the end of the march to the arch. Um, but what was nice when we were crossing uh, Interstate seventy was having the eighteen wheelers honk in. Yeah, uh, they were in they support. Were, that of, was really cool. That was like that was nice. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that could have been female drivers. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it was it was good. But you know, it's all about uh, being able to stand up and um, and and say your your First Amendment right to mm-hmm. talk to. Um, I know there's another amendment to peacefully gather and assemble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and it's easy to do it when we are in a group like that. It's true. Yeah. But I'd love for us to take a break and then come back and talk about how you stand up for yourself when you're by yourself. Like how mm-hmm. how you set boundaries or or you know raise your voice when you don't have the the security and safety thousands of, of women thousands or of men women around you right yeah beside you, you yeah, know? yeah yeah so um is that cool with y'all sounds great all right michelle i am so excited we have a new sponsor i know emily we're thrilled to bring them on board as partners here at Clearly Speaking the Podcast. It's a great group of people. It's worry-free marketing. Uh-huh. And, you know, I discovered them many years ago when I first moved to St. Louis. I was doing a lot of independent consulting work at that time. And this company was my go-to resource whenever I knew a company needed a new website or website work. They needed help in that digital world, yeah. driving good prospects to their website through yeah. AdWords, Facebook campaigns, whatnot. They just did a great job. And I love those guys. So they're a sponsor for us and they're like our social media Uber partners, fans. right? Exactly. I mean, I mean, this is like a really great resource for us. I mean, you have done an incredible job with your phone and your <laughs> iPad and your laptop, you know, putting things together. But it's nice when you can have a team behind you. That's right. I mean, because things happen 
more quickly when you have a team versus trying to do it all by yourself. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's its own specialty. Marketing is such a tough thing and to do a really good job at it. I mean, I'm a visual person, a creative person. So I've I've done the best that I can, but you know. And the nice thing when you get to a point in a business and you realize, hey, I I need to bring somebody on. If you Mm -hmm. reach out to a company like Worry-Free Marketing, and then you bring them on board, you are not going to be disappointed at all with the resources, with the research, with the analysis that they give you, with the strategy, you know, um, and we are so blessed to have them on board here at Clearly Speaking the Podcast. I'm very excited about this relationship. I know. Isn't it wonderful? It's great. So they can reach Worry Free at worryfreemarketing.com. And uh, you can always yeah, click we'll make... on the link from our website too. That's absolutely right. All right. So thank you, Worry Free. You've definitely helped us be worry free. And we're back. And we are back. Emily did a great job of giving us some more wine the here. Pour. And Michelle did a great job coming up with a tasting note. Hello. Or actually yeah. a smelling note. Yeah, because you, you have more of a bouquet now in it because it's a little warmer. And yeah. uh, you guys were talking about the spice. And I said, well, tastes like white pepper to me. And yeah. you guys agree. So, I think that's a good uh, call. That we have a consensus. Yeah. yeah. Make a note of that. Pear and white pepper. 20th, 2020. Mm-hmm. The it's lovely. Well, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. How far mm. how far we have come. She says <laughs> we. No, no. She really means how far you've come, Michelle, <laughs> since we've been doing this podcast. Yes, yeah, like I, since that white zit in a box, you know? <laughs> since the bottom rack at the grocery store. <laughs> since getting really excited about $3 winking owl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Now it's uh, entirely different. Yeah, yeah but I do. Totally. I am gonna. I have made it a, a not a resolution, but a goal for myself this year to organize my ever growing wine collection. Yay! I'd love to help you with that. Get, you know, um, I feel like we have a project. I know. I, I love it. Yeah. I'm so excited. See how I perked up immediately? I'm like, woo! Organizing <laughs> wine. Yay! Oh, we said paint the room like a deep burgundy. Mm. Well, it is underneath the uh, porch. I know. And that's William's... Um, you and I will work it out. Yeah, uh, Nikki. Uh, in addition to Nikki being a very dear friend of mine, and you know, did my hair for many years, and um, you know, practically aunts to my to my kids. She's also my um, interior decorator. Yeah. Uh, well, Nikki uh, has resource. a great aesthetic. Yes. <laughs> when it's time to repaint something, I'm like uh, Nikki, can you come over? And she'll have the whole palette designed. This is what's going to go here and there, and it looks nice. absolutely fabulous. Yeah. So, um, and then. Sometimes William and I will go, well, what do you think Nikki would think about this color? <laughs> I'm like, well, we could send her a picture and get her, her opinion right now. And uh, and you, you know we've done that. You, we have yeah. done that. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, what are you doing this evening? You, you, you want to stop by? <laughs> I better yeah. bring my paint swatches because they're going to ask some questions. Yeah, yeah. It's always good. To, oh, and then I did, um, when I was having my uh, kitchen redone five years ago, 
And uh, I was so excited when I learned that I could actually change out light fixtures. And Nikki just fell out of, out of the chair when I told her that. She said, Michelle, you can change anything in your house. I was like, well, I've lived there well, at that point in time, 15 years. And I was like, I didn't know. I thought I was just stuck with that chandelier. Oh, because, my gosh. Well, that light fixtures are fixed. I'm like, yeah, until you take it down. <laughs> you know? She's like, what? I'm like, yeah. hey, you just take it down. It was like, wow. And like the light, like the, like literally it was like watching like... The Grinch on Christmas, like when he finally yeah. got the, it was, he was like, "What?" I'm like, "Everything can move, walls, everything." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yep. mind blowing experience there. It was quite liberating. Yeah, and then I got into the the fun of picking out, you know, picking out things. Yes, yes, that is. It is yeah, I, I like my house, and I, I like, uh, you know, I, I do have my touches in it. It's not mm-hmm. just all. Um, Nikki and William, you know, but uh, <laughs> I do have my touches in it. So prior to the break, we were talking about, you know, um, as like setting up for ourselves and setting boundaries and, um, you know, and how, how kind of empowered we feel when we're in, in groups of people mm-hmm. and able to, you know, um, and speak your piece. But, you know, I know I, I struggle with um, when conf- confronted with a situation of, um, you know, uh, do I speak up or if I speak yeah. up, do I, how do I stand strong? How do I know that I'm, you know, that everything I'm feeling and want to articulate is actually appropriate? Um, why do I worry if it's appropriate? Yeah. You know, all of these things. And I wanted to kind of open up that idea to you guys and yeah. have this discussion about, you know, what women, like what strategies or suggestions yeah. or, or things that you've done yourself that... Um, I, I think that's an excellent... Um, point that you bring up and and immediately I had like three thoughts simultaneously flood my mind and the first was um, a curiosity of if this is a generational thing because again we we you know the younger generation now is is growing up empowered knowing that their voice matters but it was less less so um, within our generation anyway. And, and I think about like just my upbringing in my first relationships that I had in my life, my voice was definitely, um, stifled, you know? And so I have a history of being afraid because of abuse and various things like that, that when you speak up, it comes back at you, you know? Right. And so there's, there's that, but, but now um, I, you know, I'm feeling a shift. Uh, I think in part for us because we have our podcast. We're uh, exercising right. our voice all the right. time now, which has right. really given me a freedom to let a lot of that stuff go. And and I know by it also helps that some of the people that have stifled our voices it does aren't actual listeners of the podcast, so that makes it a little that does easier. help a little bit. But <laughs> I, mean, I also if they, are, they can't really interject, you know, like, <laughs> right, right, yeah. But I've also found that you know, again, this comes back to the podcast, because we're exercising our voice, when we're out there and we meet somebody that's listening and they talk, they they share something like, oh my God, that was so amazing when you said that, or when I heard that story that made me feel this way, and I'm glad to relate to that, and it made me think this, like, it, it lets me know that by voicing, we're creating impact one at a time. And there's power in that. So that's making me feel more brave. 
Right, right. I, I, I agree with you. I feel like, you know, the fact that um, that I have the, we do this podcast together and thinking about all the times growing up, you know, mm-hmm. quiet, Michelle, nobody wants to hear this, nobody hear that, you know, grow, growing up or, um, you know, it's almost like I was sort of compelled into this direction to have this outlet. And now, like, now the voice is going and, I, you know— not going to stop until I'm six feet under, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Um, oh, I'm addicted. But Nikki, yeah. you've always, I get the impression that you've always been strong in your voice. In certain ways, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of this, like you said, is a generational. I don't think it's generational. I think generations have expressed their voice differently. I think the women before us had very strong opinions. I don't think they did it publicly. I think they had very strong impacts in their homes Mm -hmm. and they didn't have as much of an impact outside of the home. And I don't think that is as powerless as people realize. That's true. Because when you can control what's going on in your space and what your children are seeing and learning and understanding and your husband and whatever, because that was obviously the nuclear family was the model for so long, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I think women used to have a much stronger role and it was more defined. It wasn't any less respected. I think that we have made that less respected as people have sort of shifted from farming and from a family-based dynamic of a lifestyle, you know. I think it's more of a sociological question, really, than a generational question. Oh, interesting. I hear that. Um, Because I think that women mostly did the cooking and the cleaning and things like that, but it was necessary because if they didn't fuel their husbands and children, they didn't bring in food, you know. Sure. As we went to a less farming, more industrialized sales, blue or white-collar lifestyle, that became probably less impactful, you mm-hmm. know? And I don't think women realized that they were losing their voice as much. They just thought they were getting a slightly more comfortable lifestyle and then just society sort of took over, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, because, I mean, think about the women in the 40s during the war that went into the factories and yeah, went everywhere right. and did all that. Those were powerful women, you know? Women have always circled the wagons and taken care of shit when it got real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you when shit goes down, who's going to be standing there? It's going to be a group of women yep. holding each other up or holding that man up or holding whatever up. It's never a group of men holding arms and pulling it together. They yeah. they get stoic, you know, which isn't healthy for them either. Like that's actually mm-hmm. a, a disservice to men because they're probably capable of it also, but they've never been allowed to, you know. Yeah. But women hold each other up. We hold other people up. And I think the way that we have to find our voice now is finding it differently than what it was for many, mm-hmm. many centuries of lifestyles, you know? The evolution of the and I mean, voice. I'm certainly not a sociologist. I just listen to mm-hmm. people a lot, you know? Yeah. But yeah, when you were talking about boundaries and all that, I kind of got flooded with a thousand emotions yeah. too because I feel like in other Western culture, particularly like European culture, you know, a very Eurocentric country here, um, women have a lot stronger voice in Europe and they yeah. always have, yeah. you know? Um, and they've. What you know, do you attribute that to? I think it's just a cultural difference. You know, Mm -hmm. I think people live a lot closer to each other there. Um, You're on top of each other. You're forced to interact. You're forced to be emotionally aware of what's going on around you. You're forced to engage in experiences a lot. Well, and that agrarian lifestyle that you were referring to earlier has been gone from Europe for a lot longer. Exactly. Yes. I think they're probably a couple generations ahead of us in this, Mm -hmm. in the movement that we're seeing now here, Mm -hmm. you know, not in a a lot of other ways, you know, obviously in most other, you know, obviously we're financially as impactful as we can be in the world or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think in those sorts of growths, you know, we are a little behind, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think that there's some really interesting things too when you think about, um, you know, I mean, this is just like, I mean, this is a random fact, but astrology-wise, the rest of the world asks what your moon sign is. 
with oh, is how yeah. you perceive yourself and how you think and how you emote. You know, Americans ask what's your sign and they mean your sun sign, which is your ego. You know, oh. so Americans are very ego focused. And we're very externally focused on how we focus in the world. We're not so much listeners. No, and I think if you're not a good listener, then you're not a good speaker. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because if you're not listening to what people are asking, it doesn't matter what the fuck you say. <laughs> you know, you're not answering the questions that they want to hear, you know, yeah. um, nor are you finding your voice because you really don't know what anyone else around you is saying either. You know, so I think that a lot of it is just the way we function is just changing, you know, completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think boundaries are something that have to be reestablished constantly in interpersonal relationships mm-hmm. and community relationships and I think there's no way to say this is what we set as a boundary and then that's the line because we evolve we change we we get closer we get emotionally closer we get emotionally more distant like all yeah. of those things happen and, and, and not just in interpersonal relationships but I think in cultural relationships as well and as those evolve those boundaries are always going to have to shift and I think anything that constantly shifts is hard to define and when we don't have a definition people don't really know what yeah, I, there needs it. to be fluidity you know? there. I think what I would really like is for, you know, every every person, you know, male and female, female and male, if we want to make it, mm-hmm. to to know that, the, like, they can establish boundaries. Absolutely. You know, and I, I can think back of, you know, um, as a, in high school or, you know, middle, even like early college and probably not even until after I got divorced personally, (laughs) um, that I had a difficulty setting boundaries because I like, um, um, because I was just more concerned about what somebody else was feeling, needing, thinking Mm -hmm. that my boundaries, um, related to what their boundaries were. So well, if their boundary like, went straight into my heart, I didn't have any boundaries. Or if their if their boundary was, you know, um, you know, uh, two feet from them, my boundary would go straight up to the two feet. Like I didn't have... They established, a, you, exactly, you followed. Exactly. Well, and I think women are so much better. I think, well, women particularly, I think everybody does this, but I think women are way more strong about doing this. It's so much easier for us to defend and set a boundary for somebody else than it is to do for ourselves. Like, you know, yeah. like you could be like, you don't touch my child. Right. Or you don't oh, touch my friend. Yeah. I will come after you. I'll cut you know, true. like I, that guy that <laughs> yeah. hurt my friend. I mean, twenty years later I'm like, Oh, I remember he was wearing that blue shirt, that song was played on the radio, that motherfucker told her, and I can't believe he had the nerve to look at my beautiful friend and not, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. like I kinda do that for me too. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. But, but you're but, absolutely right. But I think we it's so much fierce. easier. We feel comfortable doing that for other people. Mm-hmm. We don't feel as comfortable doing it for ourselves. And I right. think it's like it's and I don't know if that is a that is like maternal. I hate to say maternal because I don't think you know, maternal assumes that you've birthed something, you know. Well, I think we I think maternalize innate, a lot of other well, things, you know. Maybe a, it could be a feminine quality. Or yeah, a nurturing quality or whatever, quality, you know. Yeah. Um, um but I think that that's you know because I, I guarantee you, I know you, you know, we've known each other a very yeah, long time. Yeah. You would have never allowed some of those boundaries to go against your children. Oh, God, no. Or your sister or your right. family or right. anyone else. Like, yeah. you would have been like claws out tiger mom, you yeah. know. When I've had to, I have been talks, you know, claws out tiger mom um, or, you know, I'm always able to defend somebody else. But I, I just like, what, what? What if, you know, we don't have to come up with the answer today, but I love the discussion, you know, because, 
you know, I've come to the realization at, you know, at age 50, 45, 50 years old or whatever, how to set boundaries, do a lot of reading, you know, a lot of interaction, a lot of communicating and then go. And then, and then those first few times you set a boundary. It's tough. And then people so like, uncomfortable. Yeah. And, yeah. And, or, and people like abide by it. And you're, and like, you're like, oh my God. So it's a little bit of practicing, right? Yeah. I, think you know? I think like anything, you get more comfortable doing it. Yeah. You know, my late husband used to always say to me, he's like, why do you care if everyone likes you, Nikki? He goes, you don't even like half those people that you're worried about. Isn't that a great point? And I was like, and now anybody who knows Mark knows mm-hmm. he he had no problem with any of that, you yeah, know. Yeah. But um, you know, my and I, you know, I recently started going to therapy, which <laughs> is like the greatest thing I've ever done in my life. And I really quote my, my therapist Allison like as often as humanly possible because I think she's amazing. Um, but one of the things that she said to me recently, or not recently, she says it every time. She's like, when you're doing these behaviors, when you're not setting that boundary, when you're allowing somebody to do this or be this or whatever, what are you protecting in yourself? And what are you scared would happen if you don't? Mm. Those are the two questions that you have to ask. And I, I and I find myself doing that all day long now. I'm like, what am I protecting? Am I protecting the little girl who's scared? Am I protecting mm-hmm. the adult who's terrified of the future? Am I protecting... Uh, do I think the my life that's been is a danger? Too many times, yeah. Is it physical protection? Is it right. what? And if and if it's and if that's what it is, why do I feel that fear? And is it okay to let it go? Right. You know, is it okay if that person doesn't like me? Is it okay if that guy doesn't call? Is it okay if? Is it an indicator that this isn't a healthy thing for you to engage yes, in? Exactly. You know, like yeah. yeah. And it's so easy to say that about somebody else. Yeah. Right. It's so easy, you know, to like, oh, girl, he's not good for you, you know. But then, or you know, or she's not good for you, or whatever it is. But when it comes to yourself, I mean, I know I've had that fear. Like, you know, if I stand up and this person won't be my friend anymore. I, that used to be like a devastating idea right, yeah. to me. Right. And now it's like, wow, you know. Well, they probably sucked as a friend anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but then you have to not go down the rabbit holes like, well, what made them be sucky to me? I mean, it's like, right. all, you know, there's there's like layers with that. Yeah. Um, What's great about that question, though, is it gives you a chance to, when you said, what is it that, what is it that I'm protecting? Yes. And what is it that makes you turn that, it's almost like you're it there's a third you. there's a third person there in a yeah. way. Even though that third person is you, it's like, okay, what is it in yourself that you're protecting? It's like you're removing that. Absolutely. And you, you can know? step outside for a moment mm-hmm. and go, okay, let's let's give this a, a, an honest evaluation, you mm-hmm. know? And, and you know, and like anything, like, you know, about setting boundaries is part of healing, I think. Yeah. Uh, because really I think it's healing isn't so much usually um creating something new. People feel like they have to create this new version of themselves. It's I think it, more than anything, it's unburdening the crap that's been laid on top of you for far too long. Mm. The shit that you're carrying that's never been yours to carry. You know, the burden of everyone else's opinions and ideas and the things that they've said to you and the, the things that you've inferred that they maybe weren't even thinking because they, you know, <laughs> yeah. like there's so much of that. And it's like, it's mostly empiling and just freeing yourself and unburdening yourself more than recreating because you're under there. Like right. your existence yeah. is already so pure and beautiful yeah. underneath that. Yeah. You know, um, one of my favorite things to do, and y'all know I'm a big old hippie, so <laughs> no surprise here. But one of my favorite Now things, all of our listeners know. <laughs> well, that's good because they, you know, people are surprised by this. But one of the things I love to do during meditation is, um, is I really actually picture like a light that comes out of like 
my center and it connects to like the universal light that surrounds the world, mm-hmm. you know? And I, and I vision that. And when I can do that and I can connect to that, it allows me to have stronger boundaries because what I realize is that that same feeling that you have at the march or that you have when you have a group of friends in a group that, you know, yeah. giving each other that amazing mm-hmm. energy is always present, you know? You just have to tap into it. And remember that there's a there's an even bigger light than that, that that light came from something even bigger and greater and more uh, amazing, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's literally the universe giving us permission to find our voices, to speak beautifully, to empower everyone else near us. And, like, that just grows, Or is you know? it, it's not necessarily that the universe gives us permission. The permission has been there at all, forever. Oh, it's your birthright. It's, it's, yeah, access, it's not it's your birthright. It, right? it's, yeah. Yeah, recognizing yeah, it. It's like, you know, because, again, Absolutely. we, we, we uh, seek... We don't need to seek validation from other people. No, it's our birthright to speak, you know, everyone's to exist, you know. Your existence isn't conditional on being pretty or funny or smart, sexual or any of those things. Like your existence is simply yours to do whatever it is that you and the universe divided to be. And if you you choose not to have a bunch of people come into your world, then that's your choice. Exactly. Yeah. I think we just really hit something because our <laughs> sign practically resonated off the wall. So, yeah. Yeah. Give yeah. me my pony. I'm ready yeah. to <laughs> But, yeah. So, I think, like like you said, like, figuring out. I feel like sometimes people really do feel. One of the things I think I definitely know I've learned through the process of the last couple of years of my life where I've had different stages of grief and loss and things like that. Um, is that everybody, I think, is walking around torn between two different identities. One that wants to scream everything that's breaking and shattered inside of them so the people around them understand and can relate and want to connect. And mm-hmm. then the other part of you that's terrified that anybody could ever see that. Right. right. And I think there's that duality that has always existed, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think no matter what, Everyone is living in that in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And well, I, I know that, I've always been afraid if people knew the real me that they wouldn't want it. They wouldn't want to be my I friend. mean, we can package that phrase in a variety of statements. Michelle, you yeah. were talking about the other day about like being at home in your cozy clothes and your <laughs> hair and your headband and then getting ready to go out and, and William being like, are you sure you're, this is how you want to present yourself? You know, so it's like letting people see the, the you know, the undone you exactly. and then the done up you. Or it's it's the me that um, that I am right now with all my faults and this future me that's all enlightened, you know, like right. whatever that yeah. pendulum is, like we can. And I think everybody struggles with some version mm-hmm. of that, you right. know. And I think that if you realize that when you're walking around in the world, you're probably going to feel a a lot more empowered because you know that everyone else is struggling, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, including the people that we think are controlling or they have it together, <laughs> right? You know, they're probably, oh. honestly, they're probably struggling more than oh. anybody because there's no reason to control somebody else if you've got your shit together. That's true. You yeah. know, it's like a bully. It's a, it's it's literally it's a grown up version of a bully. Yeah, that's you know, really, yeah, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. So you know, well, if you know that, I think I think just having perspective. Sometimes is amazing. You know, that's part of having an open heart and looking yeah. lovingly and being empathic towards everyone. And also having a, no. Yeah. You know, I don't have to take that on. Yeah. I don't this have, isn't I, mine. I don't mm-hmm. have to receive those words that you're saying that to me nope. right now. Um, and I think, you know, if, uh, to, 
you know, listening and you have children and, uh, you know, and you want to break that cycle. You know, if you, you know, grew up feeling the same way that we've discussed now, you know, it's like, think about how you can, what messages you can give your kids. So your daughter never has, or your daughter or your son never has to say when they're 30 and 40, like, now I know boundaries. <laughs> I get it. I've, I finally have laid boundaries out there, you know, because they've grown their whole life with boundaries, you know, yeah. and said no and been respected with the no. I mean, you know, you've got your toddlers and they're going to yell no when you take the cookie away or or whatever it is. And, you know, you, you, you do take care of it. But like if the child really is just just so upset or you know not you don't have to force the child to hug a a, a uncle or an aunt or, or a, a Absolutely. grandparent if they don't want to you know makes me think that there needs to be courses like in school like just on being human right? <laughs> like like okay this is something we should do learn how to create boundaries for you when is something not right when how do you learn how to you know how do you learn how to recognize that recognize gut instinct it. yeah and and uh, respect it right yeah and if you can get that from an early age, life will be a, a not necessarily a, a ton easier, but I feel like navigating it will be easier. Yeah. You know? How to have those conversations. Right. Be yeah. uncomfortable. You and know. then as you become older, right, I think it's hard, you know— it's harder, you know. You're, you know, you're going the journey with your your therapist. I've had, you know, multiple therapists over over my my um, lifetime. Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. Um, so I I've heard you, Nikki, talk about your therapist a couple of different times, and every time it's been with just such like love and joy, and and like I mean every I mean I see it on you. Like yeah. there's a <laughs> brightness that exudes from you when you start talking about your therapist. And Michelle, I know you've talked about seeing a therapist so much, you know, various times, and I I went through various stages seeing ther- different therapists. Um, for me, my personal experience was very trying. Like, I I left feeling worse about myself than feeling more well, that was aware. Okay. And that goes back to our theme today. You could have stopped it. You could have established that boundary and just picked a different well, therapist. But I didn't also. know. You don't, I think right. that's very right? different than medical. All right, not a medical. What you've done is you've you've put your trust in somebody that has validation by right. their, their training their criteria, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my first therapist I saw after my husband died <laughs> looked at me. It was a man. Uh-huh. Looked at me and he goes up and down like this, which I thought was inappropriate to begin with. Right. And he goes, so, um, I mean, you're going to have a problem finding a new husband if that's what you <gasps> Oh my God. What did you do? I was so stunned. I didn't, honestly, it was like, well, what? And I'm like, I don't, I'm not even close to dating yet. I mean, this was like, yeah. I think I think it was like month six or something like. That. I mean, like nowhere pass. close, you know. And I was like, what, 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 you know? And I was like, first of all, you just sexualized me, yeah, at a doctor's appointment, you know. And I, second of all, I have never brought up the idea of even dating. Like, we had not even begun to talk about me dating or wanting to date or thinking about date. None of that, you know. And then, like, the next, and so I came back to one more session. I don't know why, because I, I, you just yeah. do that. You're like, maybe it was me. I don't know. Exactly. Maybe, yeah, right? I don't, maybe I asked something weird. I don't know, you know. Um, so I came, I went two sessions. The next one, he was like, um, and if you knew me at Mark with Michelle, yeah. this is really, really actually quite funny. He goes, well, what are you going to do financially now that you don't have your husband around? <laughs> Live more freely. <laughs> I was like, well, we won't buy a lot of weed. I don't <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, don't, you don't realize how much my income has just gone I know. Up. I, I was mean, sort of like, um, yeah. I have 
I've been taking care of myself for 20 plus years here, dude, you know? And I was like, well, you realize my job's one that had the insurance that's paying you. Right. That was my answer to him. And he yeah. was like, oh, well, I'm, not, I'm not saying that you don't have a, you don't have Is he a, an older man? Frighteningly, no. I would have guessed oh. him, and I don't know exactly. Yeah. But I'm guessing by the look of him, he would probably be in his early 50s. Wow. Yeah. He's like making all these judgments without actually really listening to you. Never once asked about anything whatsoever, you know? Oh my God. But it was like every part of it was so inappropriate and so assumptive and so bizarre and so projecting, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what you and your wife are going through, dude, but like, it's I'm not her, you know? Yeah. Like, is what I wanted to say. Well, good for you for keeping the search on for somebody. Like, knowing that yeah. there was, like, I've, I've just been kind of forever thinking, well, that's what therapy is. You're going to feel like shit. You know? Like, I mean, sometimes, <laughs> not that you feel like shit, but I mean, it's, it's ugly sometimes. Sure. And it's certainly brutal sometimes. You know, like, I mean, that's why the, you know, Caterpillar goes on the cocoon, you know, mm-hmm. like none of that's pretty to watch. And that's you why know? it's inside a cocoon. Yeah. You you dissolve and you turn yeah. to mush for a while, you know, um, but that's okay because look what the end look result what comes is, out. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not always pretty, but it shouldn't certainly make you feel bad. Right. Does that make sense? Like right. those are very different things, right. you know? Right. Yeah, One is full of say, self-loathing as opposed to hope. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, definitely uh, the the best thing you can do is to search out um, people in your life that, that bring the best out of you. You know, mm-hmm. if you surround yourself with girlfriends and, you know, that, that can help you uh, see that your boundary is uh, very fluid or, <laughs> or changes with the wind, you know, um, you know, and have in having that circle of people that you can be vulnerable with, yeah. you know, then you can, then your voice gets gets greater and and maybe maybe just something like a little takeaway is if you're if you're facing something and you can just sort of like envision that all the women all of the all of their friends all that circle and that light is right there mm. inside you just holding holding you. you and you can and you can make that statement you can make that stand you can make the change it's never too late no to make the change you know oh if, my you, gosh. if you're facing anything like that um, and listen to this podcast. Listen That's, to other podcasts. Yeah. You know, there's other always great conversations out there. Um you know, that's what that's what we do, and I and I, I can't see, um, I can't envision a future where our voices are stifled or we right. we quit speaking up. Oh, you yeah. can't, the the genie's out of the bottle. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't Absolutely. put her back in now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that uh, uh, Nikki has to endure when we are traveling is I meet people and I say, "Do you know I have a podcast?" <laughs> and she can, and she, I do improv, and I do improv. <laughs> yeah, so she, they can time it by like the, the oh, she, it's, we're we're thirty minutes in here. Here it comes. Drink two. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come the cards, you know, passing them out. That's what I do. I, you know, you're our guerrilla marketing machine. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I have no boundaries when it comes to that. See? That's okay. Sometimes it's beneficial. That's okay. So, well, this has been an um, an, an always delightful conversation with, with you, Nikki. Absolutely. And I, I know, yeah. Um, this is- yeah, we've been looking forward to having you on for oh. a very long time. Well, Since the you. very beginning. So. So how, yeah, how, how wonderful that you were able to like last minute come and join us today. Yeah. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm glad to. Appreciate it very, very much. So, yeah, uh, you know, everybody out there listening, uh, we do have, uh, we have a special ask. Uh, We got it. You guys have got to five star us on iTunes Mm -hmm. so that people, people Apple Podcasts, so people can find us, leave a review. It is uh, just so important. We love it when you come up to us and tell us how great you think the show is, but we really need you to write that down. (laughs) Sure, with us, um, because we want, we want this conversation to grow. We want, yeah. you to be participating with us yeah feel free to email us give us a call at our our um our number at 812-727-0794 email us at, at clearly speaking podcast at gmail.com our facebook page follow us i mean emily does a fantastic job on our instagram do all the stuff yeah all okay. the stuff so yeah. and again thank you so much for listening and we yeah will, we we'll, love you we'll cheers see you guys next cheers. week ciao